Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. 911 emergency. Search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents. Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. <laughs> that really fast. That was fun. Um, that was fun. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. Uh, we're here. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, that is that is June. That is June in quarantine. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Are we thriving? No. Are we here? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's May 27th. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew we'd still be here? I know. I love how we thought that this would be like a little two-week respite from real life. And I don't know why we thought that. I know. Now going to the, like, going outside to go to the store is the respite from our real life, our reality. Truly. Yeah. I know. I'm going to go pick up a prescription today. Wow. I was jealous of you when you said that. I hope I was like, Ugh, she has plans. <laughs> I, went to, I went to CBS yesterday, you guys, and I partied. I like, I literally, I took a walk and I was like, I'm going to CBS. I just bought things I didn't need. I was just like, I need to feel something. I bought like, <laughs> like a foot pumice. I bought like just weird, like stuff. Like I almost bought like concealer and I was like, well, I don't Ooh. need to buy makeup right now. Even though I did spend like, you know, you spend like 30 minutes in the, in the makeup aisle just for no reason. Just oh yeah. I'm imagining to- a new life where you wear blue eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that was, that was me. Yes. I, was I need to feel the rush. I can only feel of buying stupid shit. I don't need. Oh, I left there with ice cream, a loofah. Uh, Excellent. I, uh, Those are all yeah, essential I, workers I, in my mind. Yes, I, I truly. I especially bought, the I ice bought, cream. Especially the ice cream. I right know. I bought a bandana because I was like, "Ooh, maybe I can be one of those people that tries to make the bandana mask work." And I have no idea how to fucking maneuver. I've that started thing. doing that to it's sew fun. it, or you mean just to tie it around your face? No, you know how like they 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 made them with like you put hair ties on them, or yeah, something, and you tuck it. I it's can't pretty figure easy. that out. Okay. I know. I I'm like I'm trying to avoid googling because I was like I should be able to figure this out. Oh. Well, but that's like why you can't figure myself. it out. It's not really, <laughs> like no. Myself. It's like a test for you. No, We're it's not like really that intuitive. I feel like just Google it and you'll do it right away. I feel like science though. I should be able to figure out like if these have to go behind my ears, which way does the mask have to go? And I can do it as <laughs> if there's like big old pieces hanging out, but I know there's like a tuck in way to make it look yes. pretty. It's but very drag race. You should be getting tips from that. You have to tuck and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to tuck a hoe. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is... Isn't that one of the cities like that we're in something today? <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff going on today. I wanted to throw so. that in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I partied at CVS and it was a fucking highlight. It was a dream. I just, Honestly, I wandered. Rager. I wandered. I was so like, my mask was on and I felt so gross under the mask, but I was like, I just don't want to be home. I'd rather sweat under this mask I and know. party at CVS than 
you know. It'd be like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. Uh. <laughs> but also, um, you know what it do be like? Not usually, usually our tangents never really come to theme on the podcast besides this week. Oh, oh my God, I know. Yeah. It was so perfect. Usually, yeah, I feel like our podcast is like we have the crimes and the scandals and then we have like the sub story of our podcast, which is, you know, <laughs> the bathing suits, the musical medleys, Grilled Sarah's cheese. dating. Yeah, um, JoJo, Real Housewives, yes. Real Housewives, Real Housewives, and always all roads lead back to Hillary Duff. Yes, this and, is true. Whew, that, when I saw she was trending, as I'm sure we all did, I thought I thought we did it. I thought we did. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> numbers be up. <laughs> I was like, we did it. <laughs> yes, people found us. Or like, did she release new music? Yeah. Did and... she send us a cease and desist? Yeah. <laughs> That's Not? next. That's next what? out. I'm well, sure. I feel like because now that she will be in the mindset of sending cease and desees, uh, because I don't know. If I, that's my cute way of saying it. I should be. Oh, oh, got uh, it. Trademark that shit. <laughs> Trademarked. Um, so we all kind of lost our mind and scream when we saw that she was trending for a reason that kind of correlates to our podcast. Right. It does. And we were actually going to do an entire episode on this group slash conspiracy theory that Hillary Duff got wrapped up in, but then we just right. decided that it was like honestly too crazy for even us to cover, which is it saying was something. like yeah, it was it's like creepy and it's too political and it's just like but, uh, yeah. Like I think I freaked out text that was like, I don't want to do this guy. It's just it's so much in the propaganda. And it's involved. Like no conspiracy it's theory except for the the moon one. I feel like no conspiracy theory is ever like a to B to C. It's always like yeah. A to Z to X to Q to that symbol yeah. of Elon Musk's kid's name. Like, and you're <laughs> right. like, what the hell is happening? So, right. no. Right. We're talking, of course, about QAnon. And if you don't know about QAnon, they are kind of like this very, very alt-right conspiracy group that believe that there are children underneath Central Park um, that have been sex trafficked. And what? Then- and, and by celebrities, Trump, yeah. yes, oh. by celebrities, yeah, because the celebrities. I didn't know that they were under the park. I just they're under. Yeah, they're under the park. That's why the tents were in Central Park because that's how they were bringing the children up. That's also why the Mercy ship came because it was going to take. It was, okay, it was helping. Exactly. I also think so. This is why we were like, general, Fuck it. we're not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> that's like one specific. Like I think in general, they're yeah. just basically this group that they believe that the rich and powerful are child molesters, which. I would believe. But then where they lose me is they believe that President Trump of all people is waging war against them secretly. So I'm like, ah, you got me 50-50 on that, but it's a no. Yeah, that Trump was elected to free all these children. Yeah, ironic. I'm good. Trump had a 14-year-old accuse him of sexual assault, like Trump. I mean, truly, 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 truly. And they have, there's even like, there's a few like, influencers that I don't there's a couple like lifestyle bloggers also believe in this so they've been like going crazy my friend actually like wrote this story for Huffington Post about it and she interviewed um a bunch of like these influencers who are might have been the one I read Mm -hmm. yeah Jess Jesslyn Cook anyway she's she's awesome but she wrote this like entire in-depth piece for Huffington Post about these like lifestyle influencers who are like also conspiracy theorists in this QAnon theory. They, they, they're posting like QAnon stuff. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause they'll be like, uh, they'll post like vegan mayonnaise beet sandwich. The best thing you'll ever have. And then the next slide is like, you guys, the children are under the ground and they're being trafficked and we've got to save them. And the next one is like, 
buy this romper. And you're like, what the fuck is your, yeah. what's happening? Hashtag ad. And what's like, your what? theme? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your, yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your theme? What's your what's brand? Your brand? Theme? <laughs> yeah. You're so off brand. No, obviously they have a lot of traction, but where a lot of stuff. people get taken down and people believe a lot of things. But the one, I love how all the nation came together to put out one of their rumors very fast. Uh, yes, they, they did. They, they tried to cancel Hillary Duff, and we all know that is just impossible. She's, She's uncancelable. It cannot be done. Well, I don't want to say that because once we put that into the universe, that's actually so true. Oh, no. I don't like it. I don't want oh, to no. jinx it. We don't want. I to just feel it. like she's already gotten through the worst years of like many of those people. The Disney stars she got through her twenties. She was young. She right. got without being super nuts. I mean, she probably had sex with like Jed Michael Murray as they all did, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I mean, she did have like a racist Halloween costume not that long ago. But other than that, okay. Oh hell. Yeah, see, you guys don't even know about it because we love her so much. That's so true. And she seems so normal. Yeah, so uh, she seems so normal. And right now she's kind of just full on mom mode. So, uh, but what happened is over Memorial Day weekend, her name was trending on Twitter due to this theory by QAnon that she was involved in child sex trafficking. Um, The thread was based on quote unquote facts (laughs) because Hillary posted a selection of like family, like printout photos that you get from like truly Walgreens all around and in one photo her son Luca was naked. Uh, I also didn't um okay I didn't look at the photos but this one of our fans slash friend AJ told me that there was like in one of the pictures like there was like some kind of squiggly lines which like just looks like typical scrapbook paper or something like that. It's TJ Maxx paper. (laughs) Right but like these QAnon people think that it's a symbol of like QAnon slash the Illuminati like but maybe it's a squiggle. They think yeah. that whenever Trump like moves his hands in press conferences, like that he's spelling out QAnon. I can like, see that. He, like, <laughs> they, they, like they find it, it's like the true conspiracy that they, they Let's like get, um, for everything. Let's get like someone to trace his hand movements like the Disney Channel original movie when you're like, hi, I'm Hillary Duff and you're watching Disney Channel. You draw the Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like that was her spelling QAnon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so people saw, they said that they saw those symbols and then there was a picture of her like naked son, which she covered up. She was like, oh, we covered it up with a sticker because that's weird. A whole situation. I mean, kind of you just think like sign sealed. Okay, she had a picture of her kid. Like, I think she was like, he had a rash on. So I don't know if Kids it was like- be her- naked. Kids, kids be, be naked. naked. Kids be naked. Kids fucking him. hate. They clothes. really Have be. You met a kid? Have you yeah. met a kid? They hate clothes. <laughs> I hate I clothes. Never wear child. That. No, they never have clothes on, and they have sharp fingernails. And what I like too is that instead of <laughs> Casey's coming in hot with takes Mom, on kids, kids. let me tell you about kids. They ate clothes, and their fingernails suck. And what I like too, I'm sure she did talk to a publicist, but I like that she just kind of like took this issue head on and took yeah, to her Twitter. Like, no, yeah, she was like, and then she was like, everyone bored AF right now. I love that she used AF. Uh, she was like, yeah. but this is actually disgusting. Whoever dreamed this one up and put this garbage into the universe should take a break from their damn phone. Maybe get a hobby. Get a hobby, Joe. I know. I know, but Hill, some their hobby is conspiracy theory. So they get another ho- get a second hobby. Knit. Get a side hustle. Crush it. Get yeah. like get a side hustle. A scare a less scary hobby. Truly. Go to CBS. I think even yeah, go to CBS. Episodes brought to you by CVS. Party at CVS, my friends. They've got big old bags of Haribo. It's just like shit's happening over there. It's pretty. It was pretty fun. It's pretty fun. But that's what I do kind of like. That even like I feel like whenever a celebrity 
rumor goes around, it picks up at least some steam on like blogs and stuff like that. And people are like, maybe. But this one, every single article was like, they only took her side. Like no one was like, oh, oh. So I'm glad that our girl. We well, was I'm sure that all the QAnon people believe it, but like, oh, yeah. But everyone that we would care about is like, this is obviously nonsense. You know what? We'll make them watch the Lizzie McGuire movie and then that will. And they'll take, take it all back. Yes. Yeah, um, we'll make you fund the re- reboot that is on hold. On hold. Oh, yeah. 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 But she has a younger spinoff happening. So that, I mean, this should, I mean, this really. That's true. I'm so excited for that. She's doing great doing so well she squashed the rumors everybody knows she's great everyone knows she's great minus the racist costume i guess a couple years ago but hopefully she learned hopefully as i think she did learn you live you yeah you live you learn yes well i feel like that's about as deep as we're gonna get into that because like i just there's some rabbit holes i don't want to go down and this is like definitively one of them and that's also what they their thing is going down the rabbit hole that's like their code word like they talk about well that's not fair you can't appropriate our term (laughs) i know (laughs) the true crime term leave us alone (laughs) well they think that they also think that if you look at the molecular makeup of the of covid and draw trace it it's it's a bunny no which i've looked at what does that have to do with anything because their whole thing is rabbit holes, like going down the rabbit hole. Like, ooh, I went to Get the rabbit hole. Means that they like look. I, I, I'm telling you, this, this, the, the theories that they have are where they think that celebrities eat the adrenal glands of the children to stay healthy, and they're all going through withdrawals right now. Okay, listen, it's not that deep. It's just Botox. <laughs> <laughs> is this serious? I'm gonna really? get fucking flamed. Like, if someone gets a hold of this podcast, but actually, one time I did have some random woman like. DM me like alt right conspiracy memes, but it wasn't even in an aggressive way. Okay. <laughs> I, at first, I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I like looked into it, and I was like, "Oh, this is obviously well, nonsense." And then I, I just remember, blocked her. Didn't we get an email from like a Trump supporter that was like, "Hey, do you guys want this like merch?" And it was like Trump merch or oh, something. Yeah. Like that was hilarious. Yeah, and we were like, oh, they wanted no, us to promote no, their like babes for Trump or some shit like that. And yeah. We were like, "Ooh, not your audience," but. Not our brand for the reach out, but like, hope you find your babes. Yeah, Um, (laughs) hope you find your babes. (laughs) I was gonna say, well, while we are waiting for Hillary Duff to have her younger spinoff and our Lizzie McGuire spinoff, we are getting yes, we are getting a new TV show, and I kind of like how it's sort of like. (laughs) It's funny because it's like how Sweet Green made plates, but it's just their salads on a plate. (laughs) 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 this is what dirty john is making a new show called dirty john betty even though dirty john was its own crime but they're making dirty john betty so you can have a like colon betty like i don't understand why they would do that even why not like dirty betty ew that sounds bad i I know i get that's or the that's a great name for the Broadricks. but they probably are just trying to make this like a like a continual thing, so they feel like yeah. they have to stay on brand. But you're right, and they probably did like throw that. around. They probably did throw around "dirty Betty." They're like, that sounds like a sex term. It sounds like a porn. Um, the it other thing like, is, I think I too, saw that porn. These have, I don't. This has nothing to do with Dirty John. No. Like I don't even get it at all. Like he was a con man. This woman is not it's in California. So I know. Right. I think just they call just call it California. <laughs> well, I think they'll all probably be in California because the whole Dirty John thing started as the LA Times uh, story. I do love and the so LA did Times. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, they wouldn't 
apparently they've got a vendetta against me and my Mac because I couldn't read any of these articles and you oh, guys could. What happened is you probably read one LA Times article like three weeks ago and they were like, nah, That's what she's I saw. done. Yeah, Maybe it's you like read I, it for like I last week's topic thing. or something. Oh, because last time, last week, that reporter who kept sending all the blood to the Young Living yeah. Health Clinic was, I think, LA Times. Yeah. Something. They're out anyway. to get us. Somebody, um, please crowdfund our LA Times subscription. <laughs> it's like $1 for like three years, but honestly, out of principle, <laughs> I'm not going to pay it. I'm like, <laughs> I won't pay for that. Not a bit I signed that. into, yeah, I signed into Robbie's New York Times too. And I think he's like, it's $2. And I'm like, I know, but why don't we just share? Share yeah. with Karen. Yeah. Two dollars is what I used to party party at CBS. I hated paywall. <laughs> I hate it's like a pack paywall. of gum a year. Like, come on. Yeah. But I do think I feel like Dirty John, I feel like that's like a catchy thing that they're like, let's just because that was like a good name for Dirty John. It was excellent. Yeah. And now it makes no sense. So no. Dirty John you did it. Yeah. And it's also on like a new network now. Like it's USA, I'm just kind yeah. of like I know just it rebrand. Moves- it totally it moved to USA, which I mean is kind of a, it's, a very tra- it, it's the trashier version of <laughs> Bravo and all of those. Like what USA. I was gonna say, I feel like USA is where all the SBU marathons live. It makes a lot more sense. But it's like you, they start on NBC, then they go to USA. Like this girl was like, "You're in Dirty John, Betty," and she's like, "Well, will I be on Bravo?" They're like, "No, you'll be on USA," and she's like, "You'll be on USA." Uh, what will the? I also wonder what like the next one will, will the next one be called like Dirty John Betty Bruce or whatever like oh, are they just gonna keep <laughs> Dirty John <laughs> Dirty John Bill like what are they gonna Dirty do John Betty John again I don't know it's yeah just, it's crazy but, but I'm so excited this, that it's coming out I'm interested in the story I'm pumped, yeah. yeah it's a Especially it's a it's got a man, yeah and it's got Amanda Pete and Christian Slater who are you know you'll love it. I, lo- I, I love to see people making a USA comeback. I, yes, <laughs> me too. Uh, so Dirty John Betty, we should just give it a new name. But anyway, it's yeah. going to be telling the story of Betty Broderick. So we wanted to go into what happened like before slash when the show comes out. We thought it'd be fun. We thought it'd be fun. Yeah. We thought it'd be fun. And it's a good, okay. it's a, it's an interesting it's juicy. Like I said, it's it's kind of it's kind pretty of dry, juicy. But there's, a, there's a lot of little. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of gems in in there. Totally. Yeah. So, born on November seventh, nineteen forty-seven, as Elizabeth Ann Biseglia. I think you know Bichelia, I don't know. Go, those are the two options. I think Biseglia. Biseglia is probably how you would like. I'm guessing that this is like an Italian name. So that's how probably Americans would pronounce it. So let's go with that. It doesn't matter. It's not going to come up again (laughs) because now we know her as Betty Broderick. She grew up in East Chester, New York. I think I read it was Bronxville. That's like a, like, I think East Chester is like a part of Bronxville. I thought I read, but yeah. I don't know any geography past (laughs) Manhattan. (laughs) And she was a third of six children. Um, Her parents were devout Roman Catholics and they were apparently very strict. Betty said that she was trained to act like a housewife since day one. Uh, She told Lexicon that she would quote, go to Catholic schools, be careful with dating until you find a Catholic man, support him while he works, be blessed in your later years with beautiful grandchildren. But the other interesting thing was she would later say to the LA Times that like her mom had never taught her how to be a housewife and how to clean or take care of a home. That's weird. Um, So she didn't really have like, 
and and when she got married she like she said that she was just kind of like dumped into marriage and didn't know what to do mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but she graduated from the college of mount saint vincent in the bronx where she got a degree in childhood education um, and then in 1965, she met Dan Broderick, who was the eldest son in a large Catholic family, uh, similar to her family. They met at a Notre Dame football, a Notre Dame football game uh, where Dan was going to school. Um, apparently, he introduced himself to her on a napkin and wrote Daniel T. Broderick III, MDA, for a medical doctor, almost, because I think at this time he was studying at Cornell. Um, right before then. Oh, right before then. Okay. And also apparently she had told, um, I think Amy Wallace is the woman who wrote the giant investigative like LA Times piece. And then also she would write a follow up for LA Mag. Um, And she said that Betty said that at first she was like, ew, and thought Dan was like a total nerd and didn't like him at all. But he kind of like kept persisting. Um, So then they started dating like, eventually after she I don't know, pulled her head out of her butt and was like, hey, it would be good to date a doctor. (laughs) And then they quickly got engaged. Um, And at this time, Dan was attending Cornell Medical School in New York. um, And they got married on April 12th, 1969. Had a honeymoon. All was good. They returned home and Betty became pregnant with their first child, Kim. She held down jobs while being a mother. Um which she stated was her only ambition. I think that she was actually teaching right up, up until the time that she gave birth. Yeah. And then they would have four more kids, a daughter, Lee, two sons, Daniel and Rhett, and an unnamed boy who died two days after birth. That's sad. Yes. Um, so, you know, seemingly they're married. They're a good Catholic family. They've got four kids. Um, but things definitely were not as, as, as cheeky and rosy as they may seem as all, you know, marriages have problems. They kind of started to go through some rough times because even though, uh, it was Dan, Dan, uh, he was going to medical school. He wanted to combine his medical degree with a law degree. So he enrolled in Harvard law school. So he's going to more school. Um, since he was primarily a student at this time, Betty kind of had to pick up the slack when it came to providing for the family. So essentially she was the one that was kind of making the money to support these four kids and themselves while he was in school. Um, and this comes into play later uh, in the trial. It kind of became a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1973, Dan ended up graduating from law school and he immediately got a job at a firm in the La Jolla area of San Diego, which is a very nice area of San Diego. It is super nice. By the way, yeah, I would write it about it all the time when I worked for like this luxury lifestyle magazine in San Diego and like everything was La Jolla. Ooh. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Dan became a successful medical malpractice alternative. Fucking why can't I say that word? A successful <laughs> medical malpractice attorney. Jesus, Casey. Um, he ended up, he kind of, they struggled for a bit, but he finally, I think, ended up getting like a million dollar case that ended up. Yeah kind yeah. of propelling them into a new bracket, uh, if you will, a new yeah. tax bracket. What an overachiever. He <laughs> got an MD and a JD, like get out. I mean, he went to Notre Dame, Cornell it. and Harvard. I mean, that just seems excessive. Like, and it seems, all pick one. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's also like, are, 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 you, are you, like, I don't like school. Like how could you go to three yeah. hard ones? 
Like, you're going to go to three, three hard hearts. Ones. Not even one three. easy one. Not even like a Cal State, Dan. Can I get a Cal State, Dan? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so b- before he got this million dollar case, before he became kind of successful, he wasn't making a ton of money. So our girl Betty, I mean, in true crime fashion, bitch was selling Tupperware and she was selling Avon. I mean, this was the original Young Living. This is the original. She was freaking- out there. She was out. She was out there. She was trying to do stuff. Um, she was just a mom hosting parties, selling her products. Uh, by 1982, Dan, though, was gaining success, and he ended up working for himself. He hired himself, of course, as you do if you're a successful uh, malpractice lawyer, um, a 21-year-old assistant slash secretary um, named Linda Kolkena, a former Delta Airlines flight attendant. How is she um, a former flight legal- attendant at 21? I do not I- want an 18-year-old having to save me in a freaking plane crash. Well, I guess but in their, 80s, their lung like capacity is probably good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can still like smoke on planes back then. <laughs> yeah, you're um, right. Not the best yeah. time to fly. <laughs> not the, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Um, and apparently as early as, so he hires her in 1982 and apparently as early as 1983, I mean, yeah, she's 21. He's going to, he's going to look at her boobs and stuff. Like apparently as early. Yeah. It, this is, this is why you don't hire the hot nannies. Okay. We, we just. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff Lowe. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Lowe, God. Uh, apparently, as early as 1983, October of 1983, Betty was like, I think there's something going on between you and Linda. She suspected that they were having an affair. And um, she would kind of, he would go on to call her crazy. I also read that. So this is what I read, I think, from like a Yahoo thing. In 1983, he hired Kokenka. Betty became suspicious of the affair. Her husband firmly denied the accusations and he would totally gaslight her. He was like, you're crazy. He also called her old, fat, ugly, boring, and stupid. Wow. And that year, that year, Betty survived a suicide attempt. And um, I read two different things where she, cause Betty went on to kind of, it kind of unraveled her a bit, a bit. And I heard that she a saw bit. a <laughs> bit. Is she, she drove her car through their house. But that was only after he sold the house from under her nose. Yeah, so basically, Sarah. this is what I'm saying. Like, it became a whole fucking thing. But Betty, Betty was starting to lose her shit. But I love that Betty you're, like, kind saw... of drinking this woman's Kool-Aid. Like, I love a revenge plot as much as the next woman. But, like, Betty's reactions are, are pretty um, extreme. She doesn't but stick to totally... No, but he also just completely gaslit her. He totally, made the, totally. I mean, he he made. But the I've been divorce. gaslit in a relationship, and I didn't drive my car through their well, house. So like, we live in the city. We didn't have cars. Yeah, I but listen, Sarah, in Atlanta. But you had never been married for twenty years to have mm. this happen to you. So you don't actually know, right? Also, this man, this man. When it, when we get down to the divorce proceedings, he purposely made the divorce proceedings go on for years just to fuck her out of money. So. Listen, Maybe. there's two sides to every story. I, I support her. I just think she's like <laughs> obviously an unreliable narrator. One hundred percent. One hundred. And I also don't think that the Linda deserved to get what she got no. because it's uh. really it has nothing to do with her. But I'm just saying, I feel as though the unraveling. I'm sure after twenty years, four kids, supporting this guy until he got rich, and then he gets rich and leaves you for a twenty-one year old. I'd be like. Ooh. No, bitches are oh, dying yeah, yeah. today. Oh, I would be mad dying too. today. I'd be so mad. So, yeah. So Betty, Betty becomes a bit unraveled, as I've said. Um, yes. And then they started to have a bunch of issues, obviously, that led to Dan moving out in 1985. And after he said all this stuff to her, he called her crazy. He did all this stuff. He admitted that he was having an affair with her. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't like, crazy. Duh. 
Yes. But this whole thing, like the whole, wait, let me see. Hold on. Danny, you put apart. Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, so he did a bit that he did have an affair. A hostile, hostile divorce ensued. It was brought a Broderick versus Broderick, which was known as one of the worst divorce cases in San Diego County, mainly because, like we said, since she supported him before he made his money, it became a huge point of contention of like, what are the rights to somebody who supports mm-hmm. the family through this time? And I don't actually know what, but I, I don't actually know what the conclusion of that was or what like came out of this. But I know that the reason why this case got so big was because they were like, well, this, she supported him and then he got money and then he took it off. Like it just, it became a huge, uh, a huge case. Um, and everyone in La Jolla also knew the couple. They were a classic society page married yes. with Dan ranking in a million a year. Like, so this was not yes. only a case. They were like, like what happens everywhere. here? Country they were like club. poster children. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is when Betty, Betty kind of goes off the rocker a little bit. She, uh, so as we said, she drove the car into the house after she, after he sold the car, after he sold her house without her knowing she would spray paint, um, the interior of his $325,000 hillside home. Um, and she also burned his clothes, which I heard. That was, I think before the divorce. I thought that was when she suspected them of having the affair. She took well, all Well, so what happened was it was his 38th birthday and she was waiting for him to come home and he decided to go out and party with Linda instead. So she oh, yeah. grabbed all of his car. She grabbed his clothes. And that was when they were still married because the, she, right. the kids saw Because that's really so the fucked kids up were and like, bad. what are you doing? And she's like, burning his clothes. Yeah. So- she would, uh, she also would leave obscene, obscene messages on his answer machine. She was, she was taunting him essentially. She yeah. was painting his house. She was leaving messages. Um, she would write God where his name should be on all the court documents. Cause I think, you know, obviously she thought that that's what he was. He thought he was. He thought, yeah. Um, she also says that Dan used his legal influences, influence to win sole custody of their children, sell their house and basically bilk her out of her rightful share of the income. Um, more than once, Betty told her children that she would kill their father. Uh, so, I mean, that's a bit of foreshadowing. Um, but because Yikes. of this, yeah, Dan had Betty arrested, jailed, and even sent to a metal hospital. Met- metal. A metal hospital. A hospital where all she had to do was make forks. A huh? mental hospital. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can never read in the fucking morning. But I also read that- It is 11.42 her- a.m. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at 10. He sent her to uh, a mental hospital and then sent her the bill. Yep. Well, he would do yeah. the shady stuff too, where like eventually she was awarded like a good bit for um, like child support. Like she was getting between at first, I think nine and then up to 16 grand a month. Yeah. But they he said would, that was like almost all for her house. Yeah. Like, like but then he it. would dock her money. Like he would start withholding money. Mm-hmm. Like if she would leave them a voicemail, if she would do certain things, which I'm like, I don't think That's you can strange. just do that. Like, yeah. this is not an allowance, but he treated it like it was right. an allowance and he could, like, right. use his discretion to, like, pay her out. Apparently, one time she would call and threaten them so much that she ended up, like, $1,300 in the negative, which, like, again, I don't think that a judge would be, like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not a judge, so. Yeah. They just, like, yeah. block her number. I, I can't I mean. say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you have So he 69. would do some, like, fucked up stuff. Yeah. Um, but it did obviously like it, it hit a point where they actually, Dan and Linda, you know, at this point now, after he moved out and he said, I, I am, you know, having a affair with her, they did 
move in together and they live together and it did get pretty scary for them. Um, the divorce became finalized in 1989. And in that same year, he married Linda, but Linda was like, like this bitch is crazy. And she was like, Don, I, Dan, I think you should wear a bulletproof vest to the nuptials. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. But they did up security at the wedding. Nothing ended up happening at the wedding. But I just think about the anxiety. Could you imagine being a bride being like, I hope somebody doesn't come and try to kill my husband today. Right. Like, that's, yeah. like, like, what a and wild. then try to find a wedding dress that fits you nice, but also can like be bullet resistant. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> David's exactly. bridals don't got that. <laughs> exactly. And having to bring the dress in when all you're doing is holding your breath the entire time. It's just, right. it's, it's, it's a wild ride. So Betty though, she says that Linda was also kind of fucking with her. She claims that Linda, after she was married to Dan, used to send Betty face creams and slimming treatment ads to her. Like, she also Betty also said that Linda sent her a picture of her and Dan and wrote like "Eat your heart out, bitch" on it. Oh but my like, god! Linda's yeah, Linda's friends all denied that, and like, I would love to see that if it existed. I feel like Truly. I didn't know how to like send mail until age twenty six, so I don't believe because she was like twenty three, twenty four, probably. Yeah, but time. this was like the eighties when you could only communicate That's basically true. through the mail. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, how do you have an affair without a cell phone? Like, I mean, obviously she worked with work. him, but like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like how crazy, like, so then he would just go, like they would have no communication when they were at home or something. Not yeah. that I'm saying everybody should have an affair, but like, it just seems like it was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot harder. Cell phones have really done wonders for the affair industry, harder to you know? Do. Cell phones I mean, yeah. Cell phones and Airbnbs. I mean, hotels always be having affairs. That's yeah. true. Um, so- this is not uh, the Betcha's Brides podcast. We did not just uh, do this <laughs> talk about the wedding uh, because unfortunately the main issue, the main event happens after their nuptials. So yes. uh, in November of 1989, so the same year that the divorce was finalized, they got married, end of the year, November 1989, Dan sent Betty legal papers threatening to file criminal contempt charges unless she stopped leaving all these messages and just kind of like, they just wanted peace and quiet. Dan and Linda wanted to start a new life without Betty in it. I also uh, read that um, Linda had wanted to get Dan to like file some kind of restraining order, but Dan like didn't want to do that because she was the mother of his children. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard when you're juggling custody of like all these kids as well. Yeah, I also, yeah, I also forgot to mention that I think that Betty also was kind of pissed. She felt Dan wasn't like, being as involved with the parents so she would drop off the kids at his new house one by one yes like for him for them to like live with him but then they fought over custody so i don't exactly know but i think she was just trying to (laughs) make a crazy statement betty didn't think everything through (laughs) she did not in that in her head i feel like that was like a statement for her but uh she also kind of knew that she was because this was going on for like over five years now. Yeah. She was tired of fighting. And she apparently said in the LA, like the LA Times said that she felt going to court against him was like putting a housewife in the ring with Muhammad Ali because he obviously is a legal expert and he yeah. had all Yeah. And at this point he was house. president of the Bar Association and like a lot of his friends were judges. Oh. And I think at one point in the div- was this in the divorce? Wasn't no, this like- was the trial later. But yeah, so he like really was super well connected. Yeah. Yeah. So on uh, Sunday, November 5th, so apparently uh, November 1989, that was a Friday. So the Friday they got the file, the criminal contempt charges papers were sent to Betty. That Sunday, she got dressed, went to Dan and Linda's home in uh, Marston Hills in San Diego, 
and used the oldest daughter's keys to get into uh, their house. She climbed the stairs, went into the master bedroom, and started, she said, started to fire real fast with no hesitation at all. She missed a few times, but then she shot Linda's head and chest, killing her instantly, uh, hit Dan in the chest, and apparently she later on said that after she shot him, he was reaching for the phone, which she pulled out of the uh, wall, so the phone was disconnected, and his final words were allegedly, okay, you shot me, I'm dead. Ooh. Uh, After contacting her oldest daughter and her boyfriend to be like, hey, uh, hey, honey, just so you know, uh, I did- I did a thing. I did did a thing. Secret project revealed. I did kill your uh, father and your stepmom. She immediately turned herself in. Uh, Known, obviously, because they were known in town for years with this messy divorce and he, they were just very kind of affluent in the town. Everyone knew about the murder instantly. Uh, It even was kind of a weird thing that Dan even said, because Betty told the kids that she wanted to kill him. Dan even was telling people that he was, she was determined to kill him. Nothing would stop her. And also, this is just a random fact that I found that- I love that you put this in. She had a <laughs> license plate that said, load them up. Oh, boy. What does that mean? I don't even know. Oh, boy. Load them up. But load them up. That's a weird thing. But I, I also read that she had told the cops that she, she didn't plan on going in there, you know, to kill him. She wanted them to listen to her. And her plan was actually just to commit suicide and splash her brains all over his goddamn house unquote yeah. well that's one yeah. way to do it yeah so so i, I mean so that was yeah that was her argument was that she didn't like it wasn't premeditated yeah. Yeah. which sure uh, but then a lot of people would say that the fact that she took the phone off the hook yeah because dan was, died slowly like it it did take him yeah. a few minutes to like bleed out yeah. i guess um and so the fact that like she took the phone off the wall off the wall or whatever so that he couldn't call for help was like and like broke that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. feels a little. So um, it's meditated. sort of uh, overnight. She kind of became like this national symbol of like rage and revenge because it it's weird because it on flip sides showed husbands in the town were kind of joking, being like, it's "Be nice to my wife." Week, which is kind of weird. And also there was the ex-wife uh, week. I ex-wife. read that comment. Yes, yeah. And be then nice uh, to my ex-wife week. It was uh, there was another thing of be- people being kind of like oh, what drew her to this point? Like, women were kind of relating to it. In a yeah. way, I really was that inspired by it, but just, it kind of struck a nerve with a lot of people. Betty also told the LA Times that if Dan had settled the divorce to her liking, she said, I would have been fine. I would have been my, I would have had my house, my kids. I would have still won a size six. I would have done my superior dance, which, same girl. Okay, Betty. Want to know what that is? is. Yeah. Have you have we Googled superior dance? Was it like a thing in the 80s? Um I think it's like the savage dance. Ooh. <laughs> I'm superior. Uh, Cooking <laughs> children Avon. There we go. Subware. <laughs> Load them up. Load them up. Superior dance. I don't driving my car through the front door. Yeah. What's happening? His well, clothes burned his clothes. Excellent. Got him. Excellent. Here's the thing. Excellent. Can we can we just talk Beyonce about who? Can we just talk about that dance on TikTok? Like about how kids like get their dads to like perform. Like, Wait, like they get have their you parents seen to this perform video? with them. Um, it's so funny about this is the only TikTok I care about. It's this guy who's like joking about what it's like to be a parent in the age of these dances, and the kid is like, savage, classy, 
bougie ratchet uh and the dad is like wait no what is that what are you doing (laughs) no that's like i was trying to make like a joke to be like i couldn't even imagine telling my telling my parents like being like dad okay so you're a savage bougie ratchet classy what's happening like he'd be like go outside like i don't want to dance with you (laughs) um also some of these moms on tiktok can like booty pop and dance way better than me and i'm like what gave you the right yeah how dare you these white moms are twerking and i'm like cool 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 not just they shouldn't do that also (laughs) how can they do that i don't know how to do that fuck it makes me insecure I was showing TikTok to Robbie yesterday. He's like, so it's just the same songs and videos over and over. I'm like, yeah. I have watched this one girl who's great and it's so captivating, but she's done at least like 10 Savage videos and I watch every single one. And it's all the same choreography. Well, it always comes up in my homepage. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to watch Candace do the Savage dance in a different outfit this time. It's always the same. Yes. Candace would. Candace really good though. doing that. Load them up. (laughs) That's a new one. I saw this girl on there who's like 25 with five kids, and that I thought woof. that was interesting. Yeah, two sets of twins. Ugh, Jesus. Woof. You ticked and talked. Yeah, there we go. Two sperms, one egg. Thank she you. Ticked. Thank you for she explaining t- that to me, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Sarah, I didn't know that you were a triplet. Oh, really? I yeah, this until you posted that A lot of people TikTok. were like, wait, what? And I was like, I've known you for years. Has this really never come oh, up? Oh, no, it hasn't. I definitely <laughs> went down a thing. I'm like, wait a second. And like scrolled through everything to find your other sister. I was like, why yes. has Sarah been keeping this from us? <laughs> Sarah's head. a triplet, you guys. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it's wild to me. Yeah, I mean, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> I, guess I mean... It is what it is, but it's just wild. I just didn't know. Yeah, I know. It's weird that that never came up, but, like, I, I don't know why it would. Well, I guess you did bring her up during the Denver air episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe not in the context of the sister. Yeah. That's true. She did also send me, the last time she was at the Denver airport, she sent me a picture of Lucifer. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what, what a guy. Anyway. Anyway, TikTok triplets back to your regularly scheduled back to murder. That was your commercial break. That was triplets and trials. That was now that we've lost everyone. (laughs) Here's what happened with the trial. It was actually super interesting. Um, Betty's lawyer was Jack Early, and he used the defense that she was a battered wife who was driven over the edge after years of abuse. Um, I read that she said that it was really mostly just emotional abuse. Jenna, you said yeah. here that it was mental and physical. That's what the lawyer claimed that it was meant. Yeah. Like, the lawyer was like, it was mental. It was physical. It was emotional. It was all. Got it. Got it. All the things. I mean, interesting because her kids would allege that she physically would abuse them. Yeah. Sometimes. So interesting. Um, and then on the flip side, the state of California said she was a cold blooded killer who planned this out and the battery was made up. They brought up that she was getting 16 grand a month in alimony, which damn, and was also living in a $650,000 beachfront property that Dan bought her. Um, The other thing is that like, while Dan was having this affair, Betty also apparently had a boyfriend, um, but she would kind of claim that it was, that the guy was sort of like, a companion that she kept around that never that she never like had relations with and she was like i'm not that kind of woman i was still married and it's like sis he was I like how she's sleeping over cat, basically 
She called him a dog. Truly. She was like, he's like a dog. And I was like, um, okay. Aww, Honey, you put some be. peanut butter for your dog. Let me tell you that. I forgot what his name Betty was. In my head, be. it's Brad, but I don't. No, I don't think it was Brad. Betty and Brad? I like no, that. I don't think it was Brad. I think I'm making that up. Um, but anyway, like so. So that's Betty. Um, her explanation at. So she would have two trials. Her explanation at both was that she never planned to kill Dan and Linda. Mm-hmm. Her crime was not premeditated. Um, yeah, and, and she just kind of said that she just, like, had no thought process or plan, immediately fired the gun, um, you know, walked in and started shooting. Sure. Yeah, she said she was startled by Linda, which is so weird because, like, you yeah. knew that she would be... You walked into yeah. her bedroom, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because, I don't know. Yeah, but that because Linda was like, call the cops, and Betty was like, oh, and then... You know, right. you get scared. You know how you get scared to make very, that noise. Yeah, it was very days of our lives. <laughs> it was. It is very days of our lives. Yeah. So her first trial ended with the hung jury and then a mistrial because um, they couldn't get a unanimous verdict. Two of the jurors held out uh, for a manslaughter charge, citing uh, lack of intent. And one of those jurors would go on. I guess was quoted as, as saying like. Um, what took her so long? Like after hearing the evidence, they were they were like, "What took her so long to kill him?" Yeah, so, I mean, this was like mm-hmm, this trial, trial, Danny, as you kind of mentioned, like really resonated with a lot of people because like yeah. a lot of basically Betty was kind of saying that Dan was pulling all this like manipulative stuff and using his knowledge of the legal system to really like totally yeah. screw her over, which I would buy. And so a lot me... of women like really resonated with this, and they were like, nobody talks about how like you know, their husbands were able to just, like, manipulate the divorces to, like, leave them high and dry. Her first trial ended up with, in a mistrial because of a hung jury, because two jurors held out for manslaughter, citing that there was a lack of intent and it wasn't a premeditated murder. Right. And one of the jurors was actually quoted in saying, uh, like, I can't believe it took her this long. Like, I can't believe it took her this long to, like, kill him, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, because... What, what she had been claiming and what resonated with a lot of people was how Dan was, like, this high-powered attorney. He was able to kind of, like, manipulate the legal system almost because of his knowledge to really just screw her completely in the, the divorce. And a lot of women were like, yeah, this happened to me and nobody really talks about it. Right. Right. I found this thing um, that kind of explains a little bit about the legal process that he kind of, like, took her through. Um, so this is, I'm just going to read it. I just copied it. I think again from like this Yahoo article, um, or it might've been from the murderpedia, but I think it was from Yahoo, but anyways, Dan dragged the divorce out for four years on purpose. In California, there was a little known legal concept called Epstein credits, which worked to thwart any financial settlement entitled to Betty. By the time the divorce trial had come to fruition because of Epstein credits, Betty's share of community property had been substantially reduced. Epstein credits are a provision under California divorce law, which says that the supporting spouse, in this case, Dan, may charge the dependent spouse, Betty, for one half of all community debts accumulated, not from the date of the divorce, but from the date of the separation. If there is a substantial amount of time in the interim, a dependent spouse may actually accumulate enough Epstein credits to effectively cancel out any share of the community property, which might have been forthcoming had the divorce been finalized immediately after the separation. So he's just fucking around of money. Okay, so I got bored and confused just listening to that. So right, it's not done. Imagine yet. at the what, end. Oh my god! I know. 
Imagine, like, imagine what Betty had to do. I also hope they right. changed the name of it now. <laughs> Epstein, it's yeah. Epstein? I Truly. Was like, that didn't Epstein. <laughs> Epstein. At the end of the eight-day trial, Judge William Howitt accepted all of Dan's proposed numbers and ruled that Betty owed Dan $750,000 in Epstein's and cash advances all accrued between the time Dan moved out to the date of the, uh, and the date of the divorce, which was filed on January 30th, wow. 1989. And so in the end, Dan Broderick, a multimillionaire and the father of Betty's four children, was ordered to pay his wife of 20 years less than $30,000 in cash. In addition, Dan was awarded custody of the children, and Betty was devastated that her life was over. So again, he used his this weird loophole in the California divorce law system to essentially fuck her over and not have to like give her anything. And not have to like share any of that. Like it just, it's like, it truly is. It's just like an abuse of his knowledge and her kind of not knowing. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, totally fucked up. So yeah, he's got all this money and he was like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to keep docking all this from you and then not have to give you anything because of this weird time loophole. You're muted, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, so then um, Betty went to trial again, and um, the second time the jury returned a verdict of two counts of second-degree murder. She was sentenced to two consecutive terms of 15 to life, and then two extra years for illegal use of a firearm. I mean, sure. <laughs> I know, that one. That two one life sentences, but like really those two years are really going to make or break. She's currently serving her time at the California Institute for Women. She filed for parole once in January 2010. She was denied because she showed no remorse. And an interesting thing, too, in, like, both articles that Amy Wallace has written is, like, she always says that even um, when she was on trial, she would, like, refer to Dan in the first person and, like, direct – or not the first person, sorry, in the present tense. Mm. And, like, she would talk about him and, like – talk about and be angry at all the things he had done, but still refer to it in the present tense as if like it was still going on. Yeah, like she's she still had it. all this anger to direct to him. Um, yeah. So I just thought that was like interesting. Um, and then her parole got denied again in November of 2011 and also January, 2017. She won't be eligible again until January, 2032. Which I don't even know if the world is going to last that long. <laughs> Betty, don't Who hold. Knows? Don't hold up hope. Yeah, I also re- I read that her kids are like kind of a little split on how they feel about it. Like I read that her like one of her daughters will go visit her, but like won't write a letter to help her get released. And then also her parents wouldn't um, show up at her trial. Oh. Betty had said yeah. that they kind of just like, well, Betty claims that once she got divorced, her parents kind of just like washed their hands of her and they were like, no, we don't want anything to do with her. Um, oh, Betty. And they wouldn't even like show up at her trial to like support her. Um, oh, God. And again, she was on trial for a double Murder. homicide. Yeah. Um, it's intense. That she, that she admitted to doing. Right. So I don't know. I, w- I know. I know. I wonder if she's going to get a, I mean, all the interviews that'll probably be rolling in for her now when the show comes out to. And she's not shied away from interviews before. She's been no. on Oprah. She, she's been on hard copy. Like she she's given, she's given a million interviews. Like this bitch wants to talk about it. She's like, 
come on, man. Uh, I know her daughter also wrote a book called like my mother, Betty Broderick or Betty Broderick, my mother, which would be interesting to see from that point of view. Like murder books are always that. It's always like my mother, Betty or Betty, (laughs) my mother. And it's just like. He he killed me. I love him. (laughs) That's actually my memoir. Out this kill. (laughs) He literally, I'm literally dead. (laughs) He loved me. (laughs) Beyond the grave. Oh um, my God, I'm dying right now. I'm literally dying. Um, but I think two of her other kids were pretty supportive of her being paroled. And then one of them had like, an, I, I think I read that one of the daughters had an estranged relationship with either one or both of them because of drugs. There was something involved mm. there. I didn't dig oh, too much deeper into the I think like, Dan. Lee. I think Dan had disowned, initially disowned one of them. Oh, and then there was a whole thing about how one of the daughters had gotten pregnant and the family kind of tried to disown her and like make an example out of her, even though Betty had gotten an abortion because she didn't want a fifth kid or something like that. I mean, do we need to do a part two called Dirty John, Betty Children? Maybe. (laughs) Dirty John, Betty, Kim, Whatever the other names are. Rhett, Rhett, Dan. Dan. Yeah. It's a country band, honestly. Yeah. It truly is. Somebody give somebody. I know. Once you name your kid Reggio. Exactly. Rhett. Um, Um, Yeah. I don't know. There were just like a lot of like, I feel like Betty like kind of says slash thinks that she was in this like leave it to beaver marriage, but then the well, no, actually, like, she would do this and that, and, like, this also other crazy shit happened. There's, like, I, I don't know. There's this really good LA Times article I know that you guys I'm, should all keep read. Rubbing if, it if, keep if rubbing you can, it in, Sarah. Keep it's rubbing called it Till Murder Do Us Part, so Google it. Um, it's, like, you know, as, as the LA Times tends to do, it's, like, nine years long. Um, you know. Wait, is that one can, about her? Because I feel like I read that one. Um, you would know if you read it because it's really long and it's like this reporter Amy Wallace like goes and talks to Betty and talks to Dan's family and talks like all these people and kind of paints this picture of like what was going on yeah Yeah. I'm also excited to see what the because this is what always happens with TV versions what they get wrong and what they leave out yeah oh yeah I love the article. oh well they're definitely going to play this up like it's going to be fun I can't wait to see the scene the where she driving. inevitably drives her car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. This one is just like it's interesting because it is kind of open and open and shut. It's like she admitted to it. There's no like did she or did she not? I think the main thing is just like what actually she what she endured mentally from him. Um, you know, and I mean obviously, like I said, nothing really justifies murder. And I don't think and I think Linda is an innocent person, even if she was taunting, it just doesn't even feel like it fits the thing but this is going to be sad for hard for me to admit danny after we were talking about stassi and lala kent yesterday i listened to stassi's podcast with lala wait i did too and i recorded it 
it's I so like, bad. I might write an article on this later. Which it's thank it's you for so, me to do. it's <laughs> so, so entitled. But she did say something about being a younger woman from, with a divorced guy that I thought actually was, after everything she said and how entitled she sounded, there was something that I thought was very fair in there that she was like, you know, when two people get divorced, if the woman finds another man, it's like, good for her. Go, girl. But if the man finds another woman and just because she's younger, she becomes a whore. And so, I mean, obviously this Lala's True. husband is yeah. fucking we so a whole episode on this whole like Lala thing because she really has taunted his ex-wife on Instagram before but seems to have like grown up since then but I do like just yeah singular singularly as a sentence the the phrase that like we're so happy when women find somebody else and we're like good for them but if a man moves on with a younger person we immediately are like she's a whore she's a bitch when like that really isn't a fair like so that's that's why I say Linda seems like an innocent I mean seems like that that part is just kind of like i know what I, well I feel like yeah they, they worked I, to, he was married when they started fooling around which is like the one caveat exactly exactly that's, that's what true. i was gonna say it's that's not true, like he just moved on fault. it's like he was cheating no but it's yeah. i don't he's more to blame than her in, yeah yes yeah like <laughs> i know she, that she was yeah. she was sleeping with a married man yes which is all bad but I also think that like that is a judgment call on his part that he decided. We also like, who knows what the ins and outs of that? Who knows if he even told her at first that he was married? Like who, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Come on. Exactly. She had to have known they were in the society pages together. I mean, but at 21, are you reading the society pages? I'm not. I don't know. Weekly. Maybe. And maybe he had pictures of the kids. Who knows? It's interesting. But maybe he did it. Who knows? I don't know. I just feel bad. I, I, I don't think it, I don't think any of this yeah. thinks murder, but I don't like that he gaslit Betty and I don't yeah. like that she killed them. You know, and I, don't, and I don't like that Lala can't <laughs> win with the hot takes again, not condoning murder. Don't like murder. Don't like gaslighting. to your followers? <laughs> Did you learn that back I, watching Stassi's uh, podcast? You're like, I learned a good point. Like murder is bad. <laughs> Oh my god! It was like I I I can't even believe how out of touch that that podcast was. That episode was. Yeah. Please, if you want something, if you need something to make you feel putrid, listen to this podcast. And I don't dislike either one of them, but you listen to them talk, and you're like, "What the fuck is even going on in your lives?" Nothing. Nothing. I know. I just it's it's wow. Anyway. Well. Don't do murder. Stassi and Lala can't want Pico de Gallo. That's all I can say. Okay. Not- wow. Well. that part? Yeah. <laughs> any any hot takes from you guys? Murder is bad as mine. Go. Murder Try to beat it. is bad. Try to beat it. Try to beat Murder it. Is bad. Not- I don't know. I mean, reading this article was like a wild ride. Like, part of me was like, "You go, girl," and part of me was like, "I know. I don't know about any of this." I know. I know. I also just yeah. I just I I just couldn't imagine being married to somebody for twenty years devoting like trying to do everything you could to make him successful and then the minute he got successful for him to absolutely just dump you and then the and then that part i read when he was like you're fat stupid ugly and dumb and i'm not cheating on you you're fucking crazy and then for it actually all to be true just makes me feel like god dan like you started off as this cute guy maybe doctor almost or whatever doctor maybe guy guy and then you just turn into this douche you know i mean i'm reading this book right now that is 
I'm always, I always happen to be reading a thriller. That's what we're talking about, but it's Ooh. like this super, it's called the golden cage, Camilla Lockberg. But Oh, I just saw that you posted about that. I, I took a screenshot because you said it was really good. Yes. It's excellent. Mm, okay. so far. Um, I'm almost done, but it's kind of, I mean, it's about this, like this, like these people who meet, they're both super smart. He's like charismatic. Um, she helps him build this like giant conglomerate company. He convinces her to become a stay at home mom. Then he's, then, then he demands a divorce and is like, well, you're not getting anything because you've been, you haven't been doing anything this whole time. You've been shopping and doing yoga and like, what the fuck have you been doing while I've been working? And it's like, Ooh. bro, I gave up my entire career. Fuck you. So anyways, like, I That's feel like this kind of stuff does happen. Yeah. And I can't even imagine like the rage I would feel. How scary though. Could you imagine like being like, hey, I'm in this relationship with this guy he loves me. He says, hey, I'll take care of you forever. So I like allow that to happen. And then they just cut, like cut you off, leave you. Dead. And this is like, why I have trust issues. <laughs> it's ter- it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Especially because I'm sure that, you know, you leave the woman at a point in the divorce where it's probably not as easy to bounce back when you're like older and you haven't been doing yeah. a career for a while. Like, and then also like everything's updated and changed. And then you're trying to get back into a field that you probably have no idea how to even use the fucking software, the computers or do TikTok. You know, it's just like. TikTok is the hardest part of a divorce. Yeah. TikTok is the hardest part of the TikTok divorce. TikTok is the hardest part. Because you just you gotta like, come up with like a song. To, yeah. Because you're like, you're in your life and you're like, I have enough love that I don't need the likes on TikTok. And then all of a sudden. You do. You don't have that. And now you need TikTok. <laughs> it all comes back to TikTok. It sure does. I'm, I'm going through it. Danny, right I feel now. like you haven't given any thoughts. My main thought is that, um, well, no, I do. I think that it's sort of, should she take it too far? Yes. Do I get where she was <laughs> there? Oh, man. Um, yeah. I feel like, it, I feel like, feel like this is a part where like she could have had, um, I would have liked if she just like moved to a whole new town, started fresh and like became a lawyer herself. Do you know what I mean? Became a divorce lawyer. For Ooh, really? <laughs> a true legally blonde story. Yeah, it's very legally blonde. That would have been good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people just kind of like identified with that rage that she felt. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Lala Kent doesn't uh, pull, a, pull a Betty. <laughs> well, if anything, it would be oh, Amber. What's his, what's her name? That girl from you. Childers. Yeah. Which, nah, she, she's thriving. She's, she's thriving. thriving. She's I, love, I love Amber. I don't, I don't know why. I like her. I, you know, I don't mind a Lala Kent either. I don't like that she went out for Memorial Day weekend, but besides that. Yeah. Well, she well, talks about it on the podcast, story. how she was like going to Arizona because she needed to go out. She was yeah, like, I'm going thinks, to Arizona because things are open there. She yeah. thinks coronavirus is a myth. So um, She yeah. does. She does. I recorded it on my phone. So I was like, they might take this down. I need this sound bite. Doing some journalism. <laughs> I know, I know. But then her point after that was like, well, if people, if I have any power, if Lala Kent has power to tell people that this virus is a myth, then then we're all fucked. And I was like, she's That's such an asshole. I'm like, girl, you have like a true. million followers. There's that as well. Yeah, well, people are people, people are like immensely stupid. People want. She has a ton of followers. Yeah, they, Let me look it up. People want to give them Lala. Oh my god. Uh, I do feel Goodbye. like fully derailed hard. Yeah, uh, sorry, guys. No, not really. I do, I do think that I do know the song that kind of fits with her, and it's Carrie Underwood before he cheats. Excellent. Her cases have songs now, so uh, yes. that, uh, that is Betty before he cheats. Do you guys want to sing us out? <laughs> I will now which, partake. Which verse are we doing? 
Well, I dug my key into the side of this pretty little souped up four-wheel drive. Drop my name into his leather seat. And then she used that car to go through his. And then she drove it through his (laughs) fucking house. That's the remix. That's the Betty remix. That's the Betty remix. Excellent. Well, I think that's it for this week. Excellent. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you next time. Batches.